This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Major League Baseball is here to stay right here. This project is a home run and means so much more to us than sports. 40 years that we have been waiting for promises that were made. Well, we are waiting no longer. This is what the community was promised, and this is what we will accomplish. This is what progress looks like, and our Rays are here to stay. Welcome to our new podcast series, Here to Stay. Today, looking at the historic gas plant neighborhood, I'm your host, Neil Solons. You know, there's no one better to have a conversation with about the historic gas plant neighborhood than Miss Gwendolyn Reese. She's the president of the African American Heritage Association of St. Petersburg and a team member of the Heinz Rays development team. I first asked Miss Gwen, the foremost expert on the history of the gas plant neighborhood, why the history of it is so important to her. Well, Neil, to me, history in and of itself is important because it tells the story of a people. In this particular instance and for this project, it is the gas plant neighborhood. And I think it's very important for people to know what was there and for that to inform what will be there. So that history is a rich history and often misunderstood and mistold history. And so I think it's very important for people to know the stories, hear the stories from the people who actually lived there. Back in the day when all of this was happening, the newspapers typically described the neighborhood in a very negative way. They frequently described it as a blighted neighborhood. So many people who knew nothing about it, that's all they heard and that's what they believed. They did not hear about the richness of the neighborhood. They did not hear about the businesses and the homes and the the churches and the schools, they did not hear about the culture. They did not hear about the people. All they heard about were buildings. And a community is much more than buildings. It's it's about the people who are the soul and the spirit of the neighborhood. So now that we're moving into this redevelopment, it is very important that people hear the history from those who lived it the true history of the gas plant neighborhood. And in your mind, why is this pending project then so important? The people who lived in the community, willingly or unwillingly, <laughs> gave up their neighborhood uh, for a better way of life, for uh, better housing, for those who did not already own their homes for, for, for jobs, and none of that happened. And so that is has been like a stone in the hearts of many people 
um, in our community because it was a heaviness of a promise made that was never that never came to fruition. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for the city to move ahead in not just making real a broken promise, but of moving our community forward as it relates to equity um, for all for all people and to hopefully bring together um, all parts of our community in a way that is positive, engaging, and full of diversity and appreciation for differences. You've been supportive of the project for a while and have been very involved. Why have you been so supportive in light of all the context you provided? Because it is time for this to happen. It is the right time. And the Heinz Race team is the right team. I, I feel very strongly, and that's the only reason I am a member of the team. When I met with, I should say when I vetted uh, the team, I don't know if they thought they were vetting me, but I was in actuality vetting them. Uh, I found them to meet every standard that I had for a group who would come in and be committed to equity, committed to honoring the past, committed to all the things that are important to my community. Because I felt this team met all of those standards, I know this team met all of those standards because I saw the integrity, um, how they operated ethically, uh, honestly, transparently, then I could do nothing but support this team because I felt um, this was the team that could do it and would do it right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in your mind, when complete, and let's look at this from an optimistic view, what will it mean to the families who, like you, lived in this neighborhood where the current Tropicana field sits? You know, it depends. And I think it varies from family to family, person to person. Many of the people who live there at that time are no longer with us. Um, of course, their descendants are. Um, many of them would not look to um, to have a residence in, in that community. Many of them are not business people. So a lot of this would not impact them directly. But I think what we will see is that um, the folk we're describing that we're talking about would actually feel vindicated. That's a heavy word, but uh, it's the only one coming to mind right now for their um, 
for their ancestors and those who did live here, that even though they may not reap the benefits directly, that our community is reaping the benefits. And it's not always about an individual. It really shouldn't be about an individual. It should be for the common good. And so what I think is happening uh, with this redevelopment is for the common good that we will be bringing to our community um, something that has not been here before. And we're talking about specifically equity um, in every area, every aspect of this redevelopment project. I think for me and others, that is a going beyond hope. It is actually seeing fruition. Uh, is actually seeing progress is so much more, really it is, it's so much more than just the residents of the gas plant neighborhood. We are the ones that are directly coming from that area, but this is more about our community, our city, and how we move forward um, in today's times. And it would be uh, reflective of or symbolic of our moving towards inclusivity as opposed to exclusivity, which has been a major part of our history. Hmm. So, so along with that equity, tell me what you think are some of the elements that you believe the families or descendants of those families may be most proud of when this is all complete. I think housing is going to be a major part of it, but more than that, we are looking at, um, when we look at the gas plant neighborhood, because of Jim Crow segregation, we had our own businesses. There were so, I mean, there's um, an underrepresentation in terms of when we say how many businesses were actually in the gas plant neighborhood, but we're talking family businesses like ownership. I think that what will be most impactful and meaningful to us would be the number of small businesses, black owned businesses, the equity that will, will come about in that process, as well as the entrepreneurship, the opportunity for certification in, in uh, certain areas that, that are well-paying. Um, I, I believe that when we look at 2023 compared to 40 years ago, it is more about that than it is even about housing. Although we know housing is important, affordable housing is an issue across the country. But when we look at, I think, and then I'm only one person and this is my opinion, we're going to be looking at business opportunities, entrepreneurship um, as, um, as a measurement, I believe, for um, progress as it relates to this um, redevelopment, particularly in equity, because that has been um, an area that we have not had the opportunity to participate in at the level that we would like to. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, you touched on, let's see, some of the skepticism 
of yeah. former residents. How has maybe this project, though, helped connect those former residents so they can at least provide input and engage those people? Well, one of the things that I like about our team, my team, our team, is all of the energy and effort, um, well-meaning, well-intentional, pur purposeful effort to engage residents, former residents, former business owners, and descendants of those people in the process. I think that means a lot to people because typically we're not at the, the table. We're not even in the room typically, but we've had the opportunity to be in the room and at the table to meet um, team members, to meet um, from the owner of the race to the two presidents of the race, to be able to, to, to call them by first names, to, to have a relationship with them. And you know, tr that's how trust comes about. Trust comes about by getting to know people in a personal way and develop relationships. The effort, the intentional effort that's been put forth by team members to know the history of the community. Um, I think all of that has uh, soothed a little bit of the skepticism for those that we have been able to reach out to. And we're constantly reaching out. We're constantly um, identifying other members that, that I didn't know about, where people are calling me saying, did you know, and I've given this person your number. We're building a spreadsheet of as many people as we possibly can. Because as I said before, we want this to be an inclusive process. And so I think uh, that means a lot to people to be included in the conversations, to be included in the invitations, to be included in the celebrations. And while you do all that, the community is changing. Look, you have people moving into Florida, to Tampa Bay, to St. Petersburg. How has the last several months allowed you to continue to educate the community, especially those new residents, about the past, about the present, and potentially the future of the gas plant neighborhood? And that's such a good question, Neil, because so many of the people are new. They know nothing about what happened 40 years ago. They know nothing about the gas plant neighborhood. And I think it's important for them to know that, to know about the lives and the people um, who lived there and what happened to them when they uh, were displaced or when they moved. So we've done a number of, of things and one of the things that I found that's been very interesting, I do something with Tumblr Books. And when I say I, I actually mean the African-American Heritage Association. Um, I host what's called Community Conversations with Tumblr. We've had several where uh, people are actually telling about their, their lives in, in the gas plant neighborhood. And they've been so well attended and so appreciated by the people who've heard them because so many of these people are newcomers. And when I say newcomers, it could go back 10 or 20 years. They still wouldn't know anything about the gas plant neighborhood. So each time we have these events and these conversations, people are so thankful to have learned more. So I think to continue to do that and to find other ways of doing that. You know, I used to write a column for the Weekly Challenger and it, it just, um, I just was exhausted, but it's time for me to start back doing that and telling the stories of people. We need to reach a larger audience. We need the entire community 
because we need their support for this project. And so one of the ways we think of getting that support is for them to have as much knowledge about not just what's happening today, but what, what was there before. So our outreach activities, uh, we're still sort of developing them. It would be myriad ways of, of reaching out to people um, to help them learn the history, the importance of knowing the history and the importance of what we're doing. You know, I think a lot of people are sometimes bothered by hearing equity, equity, equity each time we talk about this uh, redevelopment project, but that's because they don't know the history of what happened before. Well, it's been enlightening to start this discussion today and further it for maybe some new residents to the area and for those yes. who know a whole lot about it. Thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. As always, I enjoy talking with you. Thanks so much to Ms. Gwendolyn Reese for joining us on the first of our series, Here to Stay. Next week, our second installment will include a conversation with former Tampa Bay Times reporter Tim Nickens, now a public policy and communications advisor. I'm your host, Neil Solons. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk with you soon.